This is the MG Car Club podcast. This week, how one woman's passion for her MG magnet is leading to a business idea. The MG Car Club podcast. Hello and welcome to another MG Car Club podcast, episode 58, in the sunshine, in the middle of June. Hope you're keeping well. Wayne Scott with you. And as the world starts to open up, we've got lots of events to start looking forward to. One of them only six weeks away. I'm talking about, of course, MGF 25, which happens at the British Motor Museum, Gaydon on Saturday the 24th of July. There's still time to book your tickets if you haven't got them yet. They're discounted to just £10 each for MG Car Club members, so definitely worth booking in advance and getting them. You can find out more details on the event and book your tickets via mgf25.org or you can go to the British Motor Museum's website at britishmotormuseum.co.uk. Look under the What's On page there and you'll find MGF25 and you can buy tickets direct from the museum with your discount applied. It's really easy. So looking forward to seeing so many MGFs parked up at the British Motor Museum again. It's going to be quite a sight and something that we've been waiting for for a long time. Of course, it was the 25th anniversary of the MGF last year. So we're just pretending it's still last year. And it's 25 plus one, if you like. It's got to be done. We've been waiting too long for it. Get yourself along. MGF 25 at the British Motor Museum on the 24th of July. Tickets still available now, just six weeks away. Also, talking about events, of course, we're counting down the days to the Triumph and MG weekend at the Three Counties Showground at Malvern, 13th to the 15th of August. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the event you don't want to miss. It's going to be history in the making, I reckon, so don't miss out on it. And one of the reasons why it's going to be history in the making is, of course, we're celebrating 20 years of the MGZs. So no matter which of the Z range you own, get involved with this. The MGZs have just announced all of the exciting things that you can look forward to as part of the anniversary that weekend, including a dedicated parking area where they're going to get all the Zs together and they're going to part out some of the very first ones to include what they're calling 51st Street, which is dedicated to the very first models, of course, which would have had a 51 plate on them or a Y plate. They'll all be included. Also, there'll be a special display of monogram Z cars, demonstrations of how to reupholster headlinings and door cards, discount ECU mapping, and merchandise that you can pick up as well. Plus, there is an opportunity to enter your car in the Pride of Ownership contest. Now, the Z Register have teamed up with the MG Car Club's Young Members branch to make that happen. And online entry is open now via triumphandmgweekend.com. Just go to the news pages or the concourse pages. You'll find the link to the form there. And if you're a Z owner, get yourself on there. It's just fun but it's a great way of showing off these cars to a new community. A new bunch of Triumph people are going to be joining us. They need to see how good these cars are as well. Don't miss on the opportunity to spread the Z word as we continue our Save Our Zs campaign here in the MG Car Club. But that's not just all the news we have for you from the Triumph and MG weekend at Malvern. The Three Counties Road Run is now open as well. This is run by the Midland Centre and it includes invitations for everyone attending the event. And it's basically a way of 
getting out and about and enjoying the countryside and there is some stunning countryside around Malvern not least of which of course includes the Malvern Hills that form the backdrop to the showground but also all those twisty lanes and roads throughout Herefordshire and you can experience them all either on your own you can pick up the route and take part that way or you can gang up with a group of mates and do it as a convoy Again, you can enter online via triumphandmgweekend.com. It's the Three Counties Road Run. It's under the news pages, and the Midland Centre are organising that, and it includes uh, rally plates and tulip road books and everything you need to have a really good fun drive out as part of the weekend. Plus, the final thing to announce, for this week at least, is that the MG Car Club Concourse and Pride of Ownership is now open for entries, and it's open to all MGs, the concourse is going to be non-standard and the pride of ownership is going to be, well, slanted towards those cars that are used and loved and cherished. So get your car entered now. If you go to the website, the event website, that is the triumphandmgweekend.com website, you'll see the concourse menu button in the top right-hand corner there. You can see all of the details on the MG Car Club classes and you can enter online. Entries are open now. And don't be worried about this. Don't be scared about it. I know a lot of people sort of a bit apprehensive about having their car judged. It really is an opportunity to show off MGs in their best, most polished light as they're parked up inside Avon Hall, which is one of the beautiful exhibition halls at Malvern. It's a really lovely opportunity to just be proud of your MG and show it off to others. You might well come away with a prize. You never know. Get entering, triumphandmgweekend.com, click on the concourse button there. In other MG news, MG Motor UK announced yet more growth, you know, they're doing well. And of course, as they continue to create affordable electric vehicles, they are taking the market by storm. Whilst other car manufacturers are struggling in the post-COVID market, MG Motor has taken a market share of over 1.5% for the fourth month this year. And it's just continuing its incredible growth. In May alone, they registered 2,453 new vehicles. And interestingly, some of those sales figures show that uh, 3 in 10 of those MGs sold were pure electric rather than the hybrid or combustion engine cars. So it's definitely a market they're cornering. History in the making, I think, as MG are one of the few brands to actually make really, truly practical and affordable EVs something as MG fans we should really be proud of as it all unfolds. You can read more news, of course, via the MG Car Club website at mgcc.co.uk. Click on the news button there. And, of course, you can find all of our latest motorsport news there as well. The MG Car Club Championship has been out at Silverstone. You can watch the videos from that, all the footage, whenever you like throughout the week via the MG Car Club Facebook page. Just search for MG Car Club on Facebook. You'll find it easily. Now, on this week's podcast, we're talking to an entrepreneur who has joined the classic car scene with her MG Magnet. She was brought up on MGs. She has a real passion for them. And she's starting to take her first foray into the world of making a living with her MG Magnet. She's hiring it out for weddings and events. And she's also become an ambassador for young women entering the historic vehicle community. A fascinating talk on the way. Hope you'll enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed recording it. It is Julia Dorset, and we speak to her next. The MG Car Club Podcast. The MG Car Club, the mark of friendship. 
to take advantage of our many membership benefits, access to our centers and registers, and to receive your copy of Safety Fast magazine, join us now at mgcc.go.uk. Sharing your passion for MG on the MG Car Club podcast. This week's MG Car Club podcast, we're talking about MG Magnets and another young lady making great strides into starting a business within the historic vehicle world. These are the sort of stories we like to share here on the MG Car Club podcast, and her inspiration came from her father's MG Magnet. Let's find out more as we welcome Julia Dorset to the podcast. Hi, Julia. Hi, Wayne. First of all, Last weekend at Bista Heritage, it was the first scramble for a year and a half, I think it was. Wasn't it nice just to get out? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've been waiting a long time to get back to the car shows and uh, yeah, absolute pleasure. So many people like turned up, but everyone was very sensible and very polite and yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. And lovely cars there as well. It's one of those settings, isn't it, that on a summer's day, just wandering around all the hangars and the, the little avenues and seeing all the various historic vehicles lined up and, and also the businesses that support them is a real a lovely day out, really, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not somewhere I'd, I've ever been before. And, uh, you know, it was good to see the type of work that they were doing there. So now opening up the workshops and looking at what they were restoring at this time, as well as you know other people bringing their vehicles and sort of everyone everything joined together just really put such a picture of history together and yeah it's so lovely to see yeah absolutely some real craftsmanship goes on there isn't it and um do you think it's important for the historic vehicle community to have a hub like that where all the businesses congregate oh absolutely it's a real way for our businesses to reach out to to people that are very passionate about their cars and or just want to support and, and keep the history of classic cars going. You know, you don't have to own a car to be able to enjoy it. I, I went for many years without being an owner, um, but it was an aspiration. It was real motivation. And, you know, you kind of pick up tips and tricks from people and you sort of suss out the stuff that you like um, so that, you know, when it is possible, you know which uh, which one you're going to go for. So uh, no, I think it's extremely important, and and it's something that I hope to support for a long time coming. So was this an aspiration of yours from childhood? Then is this something that has been a part of your life forever? This aspiration of owning a classic car. Um, absolutely. It's uh, you know my well, it kind of all goes to my father as he as he first mentioned, but uh, he's been restoring cars since probably. Uh, 16 years old I think he told me and uh, you know so whenever it was a family day out it was going to see car shows or car meets and um, you know and seeing all, all of his friends and all the other cars that they're working on and I mean really for, for me it was I loved the car design so uh, you know ever since I was a little girl I was making little models so uh, <laughs> and because of all the influence of cars it, it kind of stuck and um, I ended up sort of making little model cars which uh then I took a little bit more seriously so I took that to university wow um, so and- so we're talking sort of airfix models at this stage and that kind of thing that you sort of got for Christmas but then you <laughs> you sort of uh did modeling but uh on a professional scale 
Oh, I always saw the Airfix kits, but my dad would never let me uh, oh, really? get hands on them until a lot later on in life. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, so, so no, I I, um, I would look at something and um, I I'd basically draw it in my head, and then I'd make a three D model by hand. So, uh, wow, it's, it's a little bit of a different skill. Um, and I wasn't quite sure what to do with it until I met somebody who works uh, at Shepparton Studios and she was, you know, basically said, well, you know, this is a bit of a dying industry, but uh, give it a go. It's great fun. You meet some great people um, and, uh, you know, let's find out a bit more about it. So I uh, went to have a look at Hertfordshire Uni and they were doing this course uh, for model making, model design. And I thought, well, well, why not? So. I actually ended up making an MGF um, for my final year. Good start. So, uh, <laughs> you know, true to MG right from the uh, beginning. But, you know, my, my first car was uh, an MG Metro. So uh, I realised now there is a real running theme. Um, uh, you know, great British cars have uh, always been in my family. My, my dad has owned MGBs, MGCs. Uh, you name it he's had them so uh so yeah it's definitely rubbed off but um you know he's he's the real engineer whereas I kind of looked at it more from the bodywork aspects and I really love vintage style uh and everything that goes with it so you know I'm a real collector and uh anything that's a little bit antique looking generally ends up in uh you know in the garage and uh you know, hopefully one day I can display that a bit more. But uh, well, it is something of a sort of subculture, isn't it? The the vintage fashion movement, and it's a very much not 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 just about wearing dresses from the twenties and thirties, but it's about an ethos on life and how you how you decorate your home and the sort of way that you live. It's a it's a real lifestyle choice to some, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely, and uh, it's just something that you know it's becoming more of a trend now and uh so that's always nice because more people get more invested and so especially with the topics around sustainability it's about you know it's that whole make do and mend that used to be the way of the world and now people are coming back to it which is great and you know, i'm always sort of rustling through stuff and uh trying to find a new use for it and uh you know i hate throwing things away which it's a bit of a nightmare to uh, from a space <laughs> point of view, um, but uh, you know, eventually everything finds a use, and uh, you know, I like to make things look good again. So, uh, so no, for me, like the '50s style always stood out. So, um, you know, I think that's when I saw the magnet, and I was like, oh wow, that looks like a proper Marilyn Monroe type car. Hmm. I think I'll, uh, I think I'll go for one of those, and. Uh, you know, my dad kind of laughed. He was like, well, you know, I used to have one of these like years ago, but I just thought I'd make this, do this one up. And uh, I was like, well, that's a very good choice, dad. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's do that one up and uh, and see if people want, want to have their photographs taken with it. Because, uh, you know, it, it takes an amazing picture. It's got all the old style. It's got all the original features in it. Um, you know, it really sets the scene and is a little bit different. Absolutely. Well, I'm very pleased to hear you say that uh, vintage fashion is on trend now. Finally, I might be taken seriously with my tweed jackets <laughs> and uh, waistcoats and flat caps. Uh, does that Absolutely. mean does that mean the trend has caught me up finally? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely believe so. And, uh, it, you know, with, with things like uh, the Goodwood Revival, which I'm really hoping to go to, you know, we all missed out on that last year. 
um, it's you know you kind of see where people are really getting involved um, and it's just so lovely to see everyone there and their outfits and everyone's got their slightly different style but uh, you know it really brings it back to the forefront where uh, you know you go through your nana's closet which you know I, I have done and uh, it's, you know get out some of those classics and uh, give them a new life again. Yeah, it's fantastic well let's follow the journey through then so you've arrived at university now studying what exactly with modelling? Uh, so, I mean, my degree is in model design. So uh, it's, it was all around everything from architectural uh, to a bit more sculptural work. Um, and, uh, you know, you can make anything. I mean, my other project was I made Mr. Potato Head as a nightlight because I thought, why not? And uh, <laughs> Why not? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I helped out another mate who was making... Uh, Wembley Stadium um so I kind of dived a bit more into architectural model making as well but uh you know cars kind of always stood out probably because I've studied them for so many years um and uh so hence hence the MGF so um, at this point then did you have a view that you would end up gravitating towards working with cars or was it still aimed at performing arts or architecture or did you have a view going through those university days that you know somehow I've got to apply this to the automotive industry um no I don't think it was necessarily an intention but I think it's like anything if you really love something it comes through so uh you know even though I you know I do have many different interests um, you know, my other project was making a lipstick, so, you know, <laughs> it was a bit, a bit diverse. Um, and, uh, but as soon as I got out, my, I got very lucky and the model making company found me from my, from my university. And, you know, they said, oh, come and make this car advert. And I was like, okay, well, you know, what, what does that involve? And, you know, it, it was making some mountains and and, uh, and another one was making a massive Noah's Ark that Mercedes drove into. Um, and then that led into working on a Halifax advert where uh, that lovely chap Howard was driving around in half a Cadillac, half a Reba speedboat. So um, I know. remember that advert, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've met the person who built the thing. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So, they were, you know, people sort of started to know me and then when they said oh we need a Cadillac made and then my mate said oh no Julia probably knows how one of those looks like so let's give her a call <laughs> um so then it was uh you know sculpting one of those um you know we had the real car in front of us and then we had to make the uh the prop car because for safety reasons you can't, can't use the real one um and uh and and yeah so it's doing that kind of I guess it's it's a line of prop making, model making, but you know, model makers do more things to precision. So you have to be slightly more on the engineer type side uh, because it has to be exactly right. Um, and uh, and then yeah, so uh, you know, even when I went and did some architectural, I think it was Land Rover then popped up and they're like, oh, we need a miniature uh, Land Rover made, uh, Land Rover made, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, so my, my mate was like, yeah, well, Julia will just knock one of those out for you. So I just sat there and, and did a bit of a concept model for them. And, and that, that was that. But, you know, these are the days before C, like CNC came in and CAD programs came in. And now everything's just made, you know, you draw it on the computer and then 
that comes out the other side. Uh, whereas I had to look at a picture, um, you know, do a drawing and then visualize it and then make it out of my head. So, uh, you know, that, that stuff isn't perfect, you know, it's handmade, um, but it's, it had a place in the world at, at that point. And I think luckily some of that's starting to come back where people want these kind of more traditional skills, if, like learning how to use a circular saw again. It's, uh, you know, there's a bit of a skill in that and uh, a bit of a whiz with a bandsaw. And um, <laughs> now I really hope to be able to get a workshop up and running at some point and kind of share some of these skills but uh, that's a very long-term ambition it's uh, it's not one that you can make money out of uh, it's more just because I want to try and give back to people if I can yeah well you say that there's a lot of money spent on sculptures and models that are bespoke to people's cars that they're passionate about and uh, perhaps there's a, a gap in the market there that needs exploiting that someone of your skills could take on um, certainly uh, I've seen a lot more of the the art world entering the classic car world of late and some people doing very well of expressing their artistic flair within our community and uh, perhaps that's the way forward for those old skills no, absolutely. There's a very close thing, I believe, between uh, the art world and, and classic cars, especially because you know, it really sort of displays the beauty behind the design. I mean, somebody spent a long, long time thinking through what that headlight's going to look like and, uh, you know, all these different elements. It's, you know, the engine is obviously extremely important and, you know, massive part of it, but uh, there's there's all the other elements that go around it. And that, those parts were the, you know, really fascinated me because it was like, you know, how does somebody think of this, this door line? Like, how, how, who decided the shape of that mirror? Like, you know, the seats, everything, the steering wheel, it's, it's all so carefully thought out. Um, so, you know, it's a real piece of design in itself um, and those sorts of things, you know, they really need to be preserved and, and kept so that people for years can see this, um, but also to enjoy it now. You know, I get a bit nervous about taking the car out because, oh, you know, what if something happens and, uh, you know, but uh, I, I generally go out with my dad, so that makes it a bit easier. And, uh, you know, I've got my mobile mechanic on board. So uh, if anything <laughs> happens, he's uh, very close on hand to deal with it. And uh, I very much need to learn more about that side of things. And, yeah. uh, you know, get my head into the engine and, and get more familiar with that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's only so many hours in the day sometimes. But, uh, but no, it's good to spend quality time uh, with with family and that was another big part of it so that you know dads and daughters you know sometimes we miss out so uh, I think that was probably another motivation and what better way to spend time with your dad than go out in his old car so, yeah uh, absolutely yeah I can relate to that I mean I've, we've always said that uh, some sort of uh, father and son relationships have I don't know football or fishing that's your way of bonding and uh, between me and my dad it was always cars and that time spent together was the time when you know that sort of family bond gets strengthened which is difficult in modern life sometimes when we're all so busy yeah. flying around and uh, and out of it of course breeds passion and I can hear you talking about cars and I can understand hearing you talk about them just how you've been able to make a great career out of model making there because 
only someone as passionate as us lot <laughs> can appreciate things like swage lines and look at cars in a particular detail and in a particular way that you could reproduce them and it's the same goes for artists it's the same goes for anyone who writes about cars as well there's a certain it's a certain passion that can't be faked isn't there um and uh, uh, absolutely you have to have that real appreciation for it and it's having that time to look at that detail and uh, yeah. You know that's that's what makes the difference and um no I was, I was very sad to have to hang up my hat with model making but um unfortunately it was just uh money and i did i couldn't afford to put a roof over my head so uh well more importantly you couldn't afford an mg magnet but now you can I mean, yeah no <laughs> um, absolutely not and uh but you know i mean the work the work was dwindling because you know that like i said it was all going to the computers and I, I got to work on some great projects um you know i think my most famous might have been a uh, thomas the tank engine and uh you know doing that over at shepherton was amazing and uh you know it all it kind of keeps you filled up for the future but you know you have to kind of put that experience down to um you know something that was brilliant and will hope motivate but um you have to move on to the next thing and uh you know, I just appreciate uh, you know, steam trains from uh, from another perspective. But uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, it's like we went to uh, Bluebell Railway. Well, that was a really lovely day out with uh, with the family, and uh, it'll be a little bit well, a few years ago now when we were able to do that. But um, you know, it's important to kind of go back to those places and uh, you know keep them supported. It's it's not just about cars; it's about other sort of classic vehicles and motors and, and engineering um, to kind of keep all that happening. But uh, it was actually the old model making skills that came in and got me some work with an old friend of mine, you know, Gemini prototyping. They are, you know, that the owner used to be a model maker just like me. So, uh, you know, so it's kind of transferring skills. Uh, you know, I'm doing some different stuff for them at the moment. Um, you know, but it's, it's only part time, but it is allowing me to kind of think about some of the other things that I'd like to do. Um, and, you know, I guess going to the shows and meeting people like Charlotte and, you know, hearing about people like yourself where, you know, it's really, there's such a big market out there. It's that whole, you know, well, why don't you do more stuff with the car? And I was like, well, like, I've been so worried with COVID, like all the restrictions, I'm not sure how to move forward with it. So I'm kind of just been holding back, waiting to, you know, to hear when we've got that full green light of right now you can go for it. Um, because I think people will enjoy it. You know, they like to, they like to see the car and enjoy the car. But you know, it has to be safe in order to do that. So, Absolutely. Well, we are on the brink of it, I feel. The world is opening up. There's a couple of delays perhaps we're going to get tripped up by over the next few weeks. But overall, we're heading in the right direction. So let's launch it here and now. Let's look to the future. Let's move it all forward. And let's talk about your magnet. Uh, why a magnet, first of all? Uh, how did you find it? How did you come by it? Tell us the story of how it joined your family. Oh, well, um, well, like, if I'm being perfectly honest, it was, um, I've been a little bit unlucky in cars and uh, a couple of, two separate occasions, people have driven into me and uh, caused me an injury. And, uh, you know, it made me very nervous on the road. 
and uh, I suddenly thought well why don't I get a car that nobody will miss me in and uh, <laughs> and I, I was like you know every time I'm out with dad in his classic everyone stops looks you know gives us space so uh that makes perfect sense I should just buy a classic car and uh with that car I don't think anyone's gonna miss me so um you know it was it was all a little bit of a what you know what doesn't kill you makes you stronger um because you know it gave me a huge knock and uh you know it, it causes such anxiety because you you worry that that's going to keep happening you know especially after a few times and uh you know, but it's getting your confidence back up and, uh, you know, driving a classic car is a completely different experience. Um, you know, you, you have to take more time, uh, you know, because everything doesn't work the same as a modern car. Um, everything's uh, a little bit more sensitive and um, a little bit harder to control, but it just takes practice and you just need to get used to it. So, uh you know, I, I, like I said, I was lucky that my dad was able to restore this car. It was in pretty good condition to begin with, um, but uh, he obviously made sure that everything was top notch and, and used all of his years of experience to, to put it all back together. And, uh, you know, it was, he always believes and everything has to be as original as possible. Um, so it, it was a little bit hard to to put a respray on it, but, uh, but I, you know, from the fact that uh, I would love to, to be using weddings and things, I said, you know, it needs to absolutely gleam. So, uh, you know, we, we found a specialist who would uh, do that job as best as possible. And, uh, and yeah, it was, you know, it came out and it, it looked amazing. So uh, really glad we did that. A beautiful car, the Magnet, and much underrated by the classic car world in general, I think, because in their day, they were one of the fastest saloon cars you could buy while other cars were pootling along at sort of 40 mile an hour plus uh, as yeah. being the most optimistic speed you could get out of them. Magnets were quick and not to be confused really with the Wolseley that shares the same or similar body. There are far more differences than people uh, make out yeah. as you find if you restore one. But, um, you know, it's a it's an ancient name in MG history. The magnets go way back to pre-war times. And um, it was really the last speedy saloon that MG made until way, way later in the 1980s when, of course, the MG badge arrived on the... Um, zooped up Montego of the day so um, a very important car in MG's history but important for you because you've now taken your passion for your MG magnet which for most people they would keep in the garage and just only bring out on a sunny Sunday to a show but you've actually started to turn this into a business was that always the plan or does that sort of come about since you've owned it? Uh, not always the plan and it's something I, I kind of I suppose I keep holding back from because the main thing for me was is you know getting the confidence back on the road um you know the, the MG magnet is absolutely beautiful to drive um really easy handling uh and yes as you said it, it is a bit nippy so you have to uh, keep an eye out on your speedo on that one but uh you know it's 
it is something that um, which isn't I difficult take... in a magnet because the speed yeah. is massive. <laughs> you look at everything way. else, you know, <laughs> especially when there's no uh, side wing mirrors. You're like, you know, keep looking, and there's not one there, and you're like, oh no, uh, you know. Um, and uh, you know, and there's things like no, that, there's no seat belts in the front, and uh, when you're used to having one of those when you're a driver I mean I'm used to having them with my dad's other cars but uh you know it's a different experience when you're behind the wheel um so you're just that extra bit cautious um but no it was uh I you know I guess copying my dad in a way but I, I wanted to go to car shows and be proud of my own car um and share that with other people and, and take part and get involved so uh you know it was just being side by side and uh you know, having that experience, but um, I was very keen to look at what the opportunities were with weddings. And it was actually when I went to a show and met uh, another lovely family, uh, and they've got a VW camper van, and uh, and they really wanted to do weddings as well. And they just started, and uh, and I said, oh well, you know, if you need another car, then uh, we can always join up a little bit, and uh, you know, we can see if people are interested in both. Um, uh, but uh, you know that's just started. So uh, again, sorry because that was a year or so ago. But COVID stopped all of those opportunities. Um, and uh, you know, Fox Bus weddings—they are extremely popular because they've got this, um, you know, very appropriate camper, which a lot of the brides are interested in. But um, what we found is that. Uh, the father of the bride is very keen on the MG magnet. So, uh, you know, the two are going to go side by side and uh, either that or the bridesmaids in the back. But, um, you know, it's kind of finding the right market for for classic cars in terms of the weddings. I'm not quite sure I've I found that yet, but, uh, you know, I kind of just needed some help from some other people in order to make it happen, especially at the start. Um, you know, because I, I do... I love photography as well. That's part of my degree. So I wanted to use that creative side. Um, you know, but you need to have some some people help looking after the car. Whenever I take out the, the MT, it's just, you know, it is a bit of a magnet, you know, hence the uh, hence the name. So you know, people, you know, try and get in the car or you know, lean on the car. And I'm, you know, I need somebody to help manage that, especially if I'm taking photographs. So uh it's just it's not something you can necessarily do on your own so um it's, it you know but i'm very fortunate in that i have met some lovely people and people do want to help and they do want to make these sorts of things happen uh, you know having your own business is extremely difficult it's a lot of pressure on your head um you know you don't want to let people down you want to do your best job uh, because your reputation is absolutely everything um well they so, also uh, say don't work with uh, children animals or classic cars uh, because <laughs> just when you need them to work they won't but um... yeah no absolutely so uh, you know i think you know i especially have uh, you know my dad in the back of the head on that one he's like it is a classic car she is over 60 um and i was like no absolutely uh, you know you have to, you have to be upfront with people about that um you know but it's it's making sure that maintenance is as as good as it possibly can be and that's really important um so so the car doesn't let you down but she's been so good she's never broken down it's uh it's, you know very lucky it's a great runner um 
you know, done some long distances in it when possible, but, uh, you know, I haven't really gone out now for the last year. It's, uh, you know, it's abiding by rules. So it's making sure everyone kind of stays at home as much as possible. But, um, but yeah, very pleased to know that uh, that will hopefully seem, that will soon change for everybody. Well, the good thing about these cars is, yes, they can be occasionally temperamental, like all old ladies can be, bless them. But the great thing is you can fix them and they can be repaired and put back on the road. I had a conversation recently with someone we were talking about a road trip across Europe, one of my friends, and he said, well, what car are you going to take? I said, I'll take one of the classics. What? That's ridiculous. You won't make it. I was like, well, no, look at it this way. If I break, the worst thing will happen is I can ship something over from the UK and fix it in a hotel car park. If something like my Land Rover Discovery, which is my daily car, breaks, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, I just don't know where to plug, plug the laptop or what buttons to yeah. press when I do. And so there is that element of it, isn't there? And uh, they are so simple that actually that simplicity means that there's not actually that much to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that there's a bit of reassurance in that is because they are more simply designed. So, uh, yeah. you know, and, and we're lucky that you can still get car parts quite easily. Um, you know, my, my dad's been a member of the MG Club for, for many years and uh, I know that they've helped him out a few times. So, uh you know, if you need something, then there's usually, you know, somebody somewhere that's got something. So, uh, you know, it's just putting everything together and uh, and making making those things happen. But, uh, you well, know, it's it's what good. the MG Car Club does very well. It takes people under their wing and makes sure that they have the confidence to go out and use their cars. And especially yeah. within the MG Car Club, if you too are an MG magnet owner listening to this interview there is a great community around the magnet in the mg car club and everyone helps each other out and find bits and keep those cars on the road and uh, that's the great thing about the classic car world and i hope you found that so far that it is a community a close-knit one and everyone does what just want to see people out on the road and cars on the road yeah no absolutely and i think um yeah i'd like to experience that a bit more perhaps i haven't really as much to date but um it's you know, it's reaching out to people and uh, you know when I met Charlotte at the show it was she was so kind and so welcoming and it was just like oh, you know oh, let's see each other at the next show and and you know it was really meant so it, it actually makes a world of difference so it kind of brings people together uh, which especially as we've all been quite separated um, over the last year and a bit you know you, that sort of isolation is not good for you so you know, we are social people, so uh, well, yeah, perhaps I am, but uh, you know, I, I want to get out and meet nice people and have a chat and learn about what other people are doing. Um, and it's a great way to be able to do that. So uh, now I kind of said to myself, look, even if uh, from, from maybe a business perspective, this doesn't take off, it doesn't really matter because it's more just something that I would like to do in my own time anyway. Um, because it's something really important to get involved with and something I enjoy. So, uh, you know, and I, I would love to encourage other women as well to, to get involved and, and to know, for them to know that they are welcome. I think that's a really important point um, because I've kind of, I have shied away from it um, because I thought, oh, you know, I'm not part of the boys club or that kind of thing. Um, 
that actually when you talk to people they're the nicest people and you're like oh that was just in my head absolutely Um, and i think this interesting point you've brought up there because it's one i'm quite passionate about and that is that if the historic vehicle community is to succeed and is to survive the challenges that we're faced with in the future. We have to be more diverse. We have to appeal to a broader range of people, genders, ethnicities, whatever it is. We just need a bigger community of different people coming and joining us. And I think that that sort of um, impression you had is a common one. But it's obviously incorrect, and thankfully you found it to be incorrect. How do we change that? impression do you think um to those people that haven't experienced just how welcoming our community can be regardless of who you are and where you've come from yeah i i mean it's you know it's keep that encouragement going and you know i'm more more than happy to sort of be an ambassador for that and i know that you know some of the other women i've, I've met recently are equally happy to do so because the thing is you do need that kind of reassurance um which can come can come from anybody um you know but when you hear it from another lady it does it does make a bit of a difference because you know, and i'm hoping to help achieve that for you today because that's what i thought you know as much as i feel a bit nervous about talking um i i'm hoping that it will help other women have that confidence to kind of come forward because you know you, d- you don't have to be a whiz engineer in order to own a classic car like there's it's just talking to people around you and, and like asking the clubs where to go to to get some help um and then you'll be able to find that and you know they're not there to rip you off and there's that it's kind of that thing that you have in the back of your head because you always think oh you know women go to a garage oh they're just going to see me coming um but actually it's not quite it's not really like that in in the classic car world because it's that whole, it, the enthusiasm is slightly different. It's not about making money. It's like, as you said, it just you want the cars to stay on the road and you want people to enjoy them and you want that history to be you know, continued. So, you know, it's, it's about embracing anybody that wants to come and get involved. Um, and I think that message just needs to be you know, continually put out there so that everybody knows it doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, everybody can take part and enjoy the cars i love talking to people like you julie because it helps us to do that you know uh, charlotte valden who we've who you've mentioned was our very first interview on this podcast 57 episodes ago when we started this during lockdown charlotte's been on exactly the same journey as you you know she inherited frisky from her grandfather and was really the person in her family that took the most interest knew nothing about the car but now look at where it's taken her and the experiences she's had and the support she's had along the way from the historic vehicle community and it's great to hear that you know people like charlotte are bringing other people through like yourself with them and if we can just have these conversations like you and i are having now julia and put them out there and hopefully other people like you are listening and think well if julia can do it she's happy she's having a whale of a time i'll do it as well and that's the message really we need to get out there isn't it no absolutely it's um you know i think there's a real mental health benefit to it as well because you know it just brings that sort of joy and happiness um because you feel like you're a bit more involved and you feel like you're part of the community and you know, I've, I can't, I did hear my dad once when uh, this guy was sort of struggling at work and he said, oh, no, have you thought about getting involved in, uh, you know, with the museum and like you can help help out some of the cars? And, you know, the guy said, oh, 
I've no idea about cars. And he was like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, I'll teach you. Um, and, you know, there's, there's always a job that can be done to, to help. Um, and, uh, you know, in that it completely changed them around, changed the attitude and, you know, brought a real level of positivity. But, uh, you know, it's, it's that and the other people around you. Like, you know, he took, he took the MG out to go and get some petrol and came back with a beaming smile. And I was like, hey, what happened? And he was like, oh, I'm just driving back in this... This old boy by the side of the road got so excited to see the car. He uh, he dropped his stick and because he would put both his hands up in the air to give me a big wave. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I thought that's brilliant. Like it's made your day and it's also made his day. So I know, and that was that she's just driving around the corner. So uh, you know that that speaks volumes. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think that sort of thing needs to to continue. Absolutely. Well. You've got your MG Magnet, things are lifting, hopefully your your business will take off. And by the way, if you want to find out more about Julia's business, you can go to the website beautifulclassics.uk and you can see details on the magnet that you can hire out there and also the camper van that Julia has mentioned. It's all online for you and, of course, the usual social media channels as well. Uh, but going on from that, Julia, do you have any particular ambitions with the car? Anything that you dream about doing with it one day? Uh, um, no, I just... I would like to do a bit more charity work. That's the ultimate game um, because I just... I know it's, it's about giving a little bit back. So, uh, you know, I know what difference it can make in people's lives. Um, it's, you know, it's just getting getting everything together in order to achieve it. Um, you know, because I you know, still have to earn some money at the same time. So, you know, but I'm lucky to have enough skills to be able to cover that. And then, uh, and then it's taking the cars. I hope to get a few more cars under my belt if I can but obviously that that takes a bit of space and uh you know so I'm working uh, on a project at the moment to uh to build a garage um but uh that will definitely take some time um and uh but when it all comes together it will just be able to take the next step um you know it's my dad's done a lot of charity work over the years and I you know I would like the opportunity to continue doing that but uh you know, it's, you have to, you know, abide by certain rules and make sure you've got certain insurances, which I'm absolutely happy to do, but it takes a little bit more to do. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's the ultimate aim. Brilliant. Well, as I say, check out the website, beautifulclassics.uk. Julia Dorset, it's been great chatting to you, actually, and a real lovely Thank story you. of uh, someone who has come through and taken a classic car on and is now finding their way through this amazing world, this amazing community. And as you say, it's times like we're living at the moment. It's really nice to have something to be a part of, and it's great to see that you're getting so much back from it and putting so much in as well. So, uh, Julia Dorset. Thanks for joining us on the MG Car Club podcast. That's great. Thanks very much, Ben. Subscribe to receive new episodes of the MG Car Club podcast at mgpodcast.uk.